Welcome to 90 plus 4. The World Cup has ended. Oh man, what? It's ended. We, we all got our ca- caught up on sleep now? Yeah. Oh, nice Jesus. Of- <laughs> what? Why are you drinking VB on a Sunday night? Perfect. The World Cup is over. Yeah, come on. Post World Cup blues. I'm wearing these headphones and it's actually pretty weird. How do you do this, Adam? It's not, it's not hard. It sounds weird though. Do you wear one ear off on one ear on? No. No. Well, und one year on. Und one und off. Nein. Und we won, so. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm joined here as always by, um, by, with, from. I always forget the preposition. Don't know which one to use. I've got Adam Petrovic here. He's got his notebook open. He's ready right. to go. Been taking notes. I'm threatened by that notebook. Doing, I'm doing just putting research. it out there. Research. Research. Okay. I got, I got some research in here. Anyway. We've got, um, <laughs> we got we got Chris Ferreira new, newly signed signed and sealed for the Parramatta Pumas. Yes, there's oh. that saying, sign him up. They did that. I didn't hear from Chris for a week, and he just went and signed for Parramatta Pumas. Yeah, it went it was... to the trial tonight. That's indoor indoor soccer. So get Fo- futsal. futsal, futsal. Sorry, futsal. futsal. I should know the game, but I'm playing. So. <laughs> futsal. Yes. Hello. Hello. And um. Jeez. Okay, said. He's, okay, he's got for for all those who can't see him, all of you. Mankini does not give, do you any favors. It's not only a mankini; he's also wearing a crown. Just where did you get a crown? Socks from? and sandals, really? Socks and sandals, mankini and crown. No, we can't see the mankini, but a crown. Why have we got a crown? He's taken it off. Okay, he's just taken off the crown. It's Moro Montero. I don't even know if I want to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> the lies. <laughs> um, guys, the World Cup is over. Right. The thing's ended. The, the World Cup final has been played. What did we all think of it? I loved it. Loved the final? Absolutely loved Oh, the final? Or the th- oh, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ask the final? Final sucked. Okay, okay. You can, you, uh, why, don't we go, why don't we go two? We can say the final okay. and then... I liked the final and loved the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I like the final. It's been fun. Yeah, I like the final. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the final. It was all right. Did you like the final? No, hated it. It was all right. It was a final. It was okay. okay. Team one. Team one. Team one. A couple of chances. And two. Right. Two or three. Yeah, pretty much. We've also got a special guest here. We're just going to ask very quickly one, one simple, one little question. We're not going to ask you anymore, Christy. What did you think of the final? Oh, you were at work, weren't you? Yeah, I was at work. <laughs> I hated it. And and you are half German, of course. And how did you? What did you think of your of your homeland? I just I denounce any German blood in me. <laughs> she doesn't care. She was working like a German at a job. It's <laughs> <laughs> a job to be done. She was doing it. Oh, I, I don't have perfect precision. She goes to donate blood and specifically requests they take the German blood. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Ruthless. <laughs> um, so what? I mean, what, what do we? What, what, do we want to talk about the final more? Do we want to talk about? Let's let's start on the final. Let's start on the final, Adam. You uh, you were you were there during the final. I saw you on Telegram making a, a yeah. few comments. I believe I also correctly predicted the outcome. You did. You did. Yeah. But it, it's not as if we have any like evidence of you predicting no, no. this. It's not like we have. You have to take my word for it's, this. It's not. But... It's not like we're on iTunes now. But it was even the time of the goal, yeah. Really, yeah. which was impressive. You, you, Adam did call it. Well done. Extra time, one nil. Too bad I didn't have any bets on. <laughs> <laughs> can you even make that bet? All the I bets I made. Can. I don't think you can. All the bets I made, I'm just like I was like cut because by the end of it, it was just oh these are ninety minutes. I'm like oh god. It would have been a multi. It would have been like nil all draw after ninety Germany to win or something like yeah, that yeah. combo. Some sort of special of some sort. But um, yeah, good goal from Goethe. Mm. Good, um, sort of out of left field as well. Like, excuse the pun, because that's where it actually came from. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it was left. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just a bit of slack defending, unfortunately. But I think everyone was tired at that point, and mm. I think everyone also expected, "Oh, here we go, another penalty shootout." And uh, but no, Goethe. Yeah. Goethe came up with the goods. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Goetze did what he's got to do. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no better way of putting it. Um, I, I like the final. I thought it was um, an interesting tactical battle. Um, I, I guess anything that was better than the semi-final between Argentina and Netherlands is a good thing. Um, but 
I thought it was reasonably open in that first half. Um, Argentina did have chances. Um, I did say before the game that had Argentina scored first, it would have been an interesting game. I think a little bit differently now. I think had they scored first, they might have closed it up a little bit. Um, and I didn't really want Germany to score first at least too early because I know they can contain a game as well. They might not have you know dropped back fully defensively, but they can you know they would have probably won convincingly. So I thought it was a good final. There was you know both teams went for it, um, and you know the spectacle was there. And I think the goal was a goal winning worthy of winning the World Cup as well. Uh, he took it really well. So. That's a good point. It was a good, it was a good goal from Gatsby. It was, it was. technical goal. The World Cup final, Mora. Yeah, good game. Good game. Uh, both teams, for the most part, went for it. Uh, felt a bit bad for Argentina in the end. They had, like, very clear, very good chances. So did Germany to an extent, but neither team, I couldn't really separate Germany or Argentina after 90 minutes. I thought it was going to penalties. I was surprised that it didn't. But, I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit slack, like, uh, Demi Kalis, right? Mm. Mm. In February, was just hated by everybody. He got destroyed by Messi uh, when City played Barcelona in the Champions League. And everyone just stopped rating him. And he had a really, really good World Cup and just disappeared on that goal. Like, <laughs> he was nowhere near good. So, mm. so. Would it have been fatigue? I mean, I mean he's, been, he's been playing for so long. We, we forget that there's three games. How many games a week do they play? Like three? Uh, yeah, it would have been that. Plus yeah. extra time. It's just that one moment that he's just gone, I can't catch up to him. Let's just hope he doesn't score. Boom. I think he watched. I don't think it was... I don't think he would... He just lost his bearings, and I think he ball-watched for too long and then forgot that someone could have been there. Yeah. I think it was as simple as that. The difference was he... It was clinical because he scored the, their best chance, you know? And he still had a lot of work to do, but, yeah, I think it was just ball-watching. Took, took it on the chest. No. Chest first time left foot and yeah. then hit the ground, which is... Yeah. And the cross, I don't know what was more impressive, the cross or the shot. Who crossed it in? It was um the guy that plays with Chess. Sherlock. Sherlock. Oh, that's right. It was Sherlock. Sherlock. He had an impressive World Cup. Wow. Yeah, for a guy, for a guy coming off the bench a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. What okay. did you think of the final, Jules? The final. <laughs> I made this I made this audacious call about, oh, how much possession is Argentina going to have versus Germany? And Germany just bossed the whole game. Like, they bossed possession of the game at the very least. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting how they just they had something like 60-odd. Yeah. Can we get a stat on that? I don't know. 60-something yeah. percent, I think, of the ball. I've, I think it was more. I think it was Far more. It was mid-60s. What do you guys think? I mean, I don't I don't even know what to really make of it. Because re- Argentina really, they, they, they got into a habit of just keeping the ball. And was it a matter of just coming up against a better class of opposition than what they were used to throughout the tournament? I think the Germans were, they knew how to press. You know, when they lost the ball, they just pressed like crazy. So Argentina created chances in the first half. And the, the way the game was going... I in my opinion, suited Argentina in that first half. They they could have could easily have scored. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just the Germans pressing. Their pressing was ruthless. They pressed like like Barcelona did, you know, the shades of that like they did when they were at their peak over the last few years. They lose the ball, pounce straight away. So Argentina knew that and couldn't match match them on the ball on keeping the ball for the most part. What do you guys think also of um of Argentina's substitutions? There was Lavezzi coming off, if I'm not mistaken, did he come off at halftime? Correct. And then they've brought on this player again. I'm sorry, I don't rate Anakin Skywalker at all. And he's <coughs> come on. Year. Yeah. He's come on a couple of... I don't know. He's had two great opportunities in the same time, in the same position, having the same opportunity presented to him in the games. And both of them, he's sort of... I mean, they're, they're sort of difficult chances, but... Um, yeah. I think the first one was... A, who was it against where he headed the ball? And it was like this flop header. And then this one was actually a toe poke that he just couldn't get on the end of. Um, he scored a fair amount during club season. Mm. Like for an impact player, it's not that he hasn't had a good season. And I mean, no one else scored. Yeah. Outside of Messi, for Argentina, no one else did much. So, mm. I mean, yeah, he didn't score, but obviously he brought something to the game. Uh, I thought Argentina still saw maybe a little bit more presence up front. Higuain had to go. It's just, I would have taken him off after missing the first half chance. Just 
the guy's going to be that nervous breaking, then what's he going to be up there for? If it's there's another critical chance coming his way, I don't back him to do it. So get him off. Mm. What's the point? It's a question of nerves. Fine, but don't have him on the field. I think I think there's a huge question of just it's begging to be answered. We just got confirmation of that possession stat, by the way. It was 60-40 in that oh, game. Oh, it was 60. Yeah, 60-40, and then there was 10 shots by Germany, 10 by Argentina, only two on target from Argentina, and then seven on target from Germany. The question that's on everyone's lips, and it's just, it's a bit, everyone's just getting on the bandwagon with this, was, it was always going to be this question. This is always, this was a question. This is a question now. I'm going to say the question. You're looking at me a lot. So I'll, look, I'll look at Adam. This is a question. <laughs> what happened to Lionel Messi in the front? It's such a, I feel like such a, like a, like a cop out asking that question. But basically, yeah, what happened? Well, he, didn't start, he didn't score that free kick at the end. I know. <laughs> and the commentators just set him up to... Yeah. to, to How to did he miss? <laughs> they set him up to either score it and be the best or miss it and it, it's all his fault. He was a dollar ten at 57 yards. I mean. <laughs> Last kick of the World Cup. <laughs> I think that's like ten. second shot on a par four. That's how far he was. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what happened to Messi? Yeah, Chris. I don't think he played that badly. I think... I think he played well in the first half. The second half became more difficult because I think the players around him um, couldn't couldn't contain Germany. Um, the Germans had the Germans had the measure of the second half, where the Argentinians created pretty good chances in that first half. A couple of times, Messi was so unlucky not to play that perfect final ball or someone. Um, I think he played as well as a player um, that draws that much. Of, much attention could have played against the Germany side playing the way they did. I don't think he played terrible. Um, obviously, he wasn't at his best, but I don't think it was necessarily his fault. I think no. um, the German system was was probably a bit too good um, for Argentina could throw back at them. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> he he wasn't the worst player for Argentina by by any stretch. So he played all right, but by um by my um assessment. Okay. More? You know how I feel about this. Mm. Like, I don't think it's fair to place that much expectation on the guy. It's probably, I mean, harks back a little bit to our last show, but is that, in what, in what question, what would have, what would have made Messi have played well? What is it? Is scoring a goal enough? Not necessarily. Is it what, a hat trick? Is it, as long as Argentina wins and he's involved in a 1 0 goal in whatever, what is it that you sit down and go, Okay, there we go. Like, you can argue it on either side. So say, for example, the goal he set up for uh, Di Maria Mm. in the knockout round. Like, yeah, decent run. You know, it's a pretty standard pass. It's nothing, you know, that we haven't seen from him before. The real big thing there is that Argentina won the ball, you know, high up the field and it allowed, like, kind of caught them on the back foot, which allowed Messi to run at the defense. But it's nothing amazing. But because he did it, you go, well, there we go. We just needed him to get that stat. We needed him to get the assist because we need Messi to do something in every game. Mm. What player does that? Like, why isn't it enough that he can't just play well inside of his role in the team? He has a striker ahead of him. He has wingers flanking him. He has a defensive mid behind him. He's playing the ball to these players. If they don't do anything with it, what, what do you expect from him? The only thing that I blame him for, blame him even then being a harsh word, is that he probably should have done better on that chance in the second half. And, I mean, it's shot wide of the post by nothing, you know? It's just you expect him to score, but it doesn't mean he will. It doesn't mean he should. He got that. He was on the left side, and he actually drilled it across his body, didn't he? It wasn't on. He wasn't. He didn't open himself up. It was from the left side, wasn't it? it And it was forty-sixth minute, wasn't it? It was start of the half. It was just after half time. Yeah, they're in thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's. It's like. Had that it's a tough the, chance for a left footer from that position. I mean, you would put your money on him scoring, but uh, if he was just on the other side, it would have been perfect. I think what you know, he felt the pressure because you know they chances don't come that much against Germany. It's very simple. Like they actually did really well, Argentina, to have the amount of chances they did in that first half. In my opinion, they created stuff um, on the break, but they created stuff. I I guess with the Messi question, it, it comes more down to um, it's. And I might even get more into this when we do talk about Germany, about the fact that it, it, it is evolving into a team sport. And not that it's never always been a team sport, but I, the reason why people are, uh, what they're expecting from Messi, I guess, is they're looking for this individual performance 
you know, the same as Maradona, how he lifted in the in the knockout stages, not so much the group stages, but came alive in the knockout stages um, of the World Cup where he did perform that well. And then also looking at players like Zidane, they're just looking for this one person to just, you know, come to the fore and really electrify the stage. Another thing I think it was, it's it's it's, it's that expectation comparing him to other greats in the world in, that, have, that have played, but also the manner in which, you know, he, he's conducting himself on the field. Not that he did anything wrong. It just some people have been saying that he just looked a little bit like he was dejected. And, I mean, they weren't really down until that late in the game. But, you know, remember you mentioning more that he he, he does suffer a little bit from anxiety. But maybe that, that might make him look like he's a little bit, like, off on the field. He You know, he, he hangs his head down a lot. There was a little bit, it just looked like he was a bit flat in the final, for my, in my opinion. Especially in the second half. I'm... Honestly, I do disagree. If only because the dude must be exhausted. Of course. Like, I don't think just physically, mentally, it must be exhausting to just go through a final and know. Like, he knew. If, if no matter what happened, if Argentina lost, it's on Messi. Everyone would be talking about Messi. Even though Germany won the final, they gave him, you know, the golden ball. And he looked disgusted. Mm. Like, it's not about me. Let it go. Kind of thing. Mm. That's that's the impression I got from yeah, how he reacted was, to I, I felt it. he was also annoyed about that. First. I think he was not, a not bit not embarrassed, about, if anything. I'm yeah, not talking yeah. about... I'm not talking about after the game. I'm talking about during the games. In the semi-final was no, the same. He just had this demeanor. Like, shouldn't a captain be... Let's go... He, I don't think he wants... It didn't look like he was... Mascherano was basically the captain on the field. As the captain, shouldn't he be, you know... Chest high, well, head high. Yeah, it's not his nature. That's not his normal role. Anyway. What's he wearing the captain's armband for? Well, did he? What did he stand up on a soapbox and say, "Make me the captain"? I I don't know, but he's, he's got to take some responsibility. I, I think as a leader, well, you can lead by example. You don't necessarily need to be vocal. Everyone's different, and you pick captains for different reasons. But the, I guess the percep- but the perception is on television. That's what he looks like. He just looks like he's. He well, that looks depends a little bit... on how you get inspired. Like it's all personal preference. Some people like a captain that's very kind of aggressive and dominant as a personality on the field. Some people just like a captain who's a great player. It and anyway, he doesn't pick it. What's he gonna do after everything? Maradona gave him the captaincy, right? So that's how he got it in the first place. So after Peckerman left and mm. etc. and. What's he gonna do now? Nah. After all the pressure that's already on him, considering how much he, how well he generally plays, and how much, and remember how he's viewed in Argentina, and how he was viewed leading up to the World Cup, most of them believe that he doesn't, he's not really seen as a traditional Argentinian or even a true one, mm. because he grew up in Spain. They don't feel he really bleeds for the country, kind of thing, which must upset him first of all. But how can he possibly turn down the captaincy and not suffer that exact criticism? Yeah, but what would, wouldn't have some of the um, weight been taken off his shoulders if, at one point or another, he said, "Maybe I'm not the the right man to lead this country"? Because yeah, then, what then, does then that it, say? Then it would, yeah, then it would be headlines: Messi doesn't want captaincy. You know, and then I think that just adds more pressure onto him unnecessarily as well. Right. Okay. Um, well, I think that that does move into this this other point of uh, you know. Messi was 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 handed this this golden ball, and uh, there's this whole thing of who was the best player in the World Cup. I actually think it's a great problem to have because it pays homage to just how good Germany was. You can't pick a player in that German side. I mean, you can start to you know to pick out Matt Hummels, Matt Hummels, I should say. Um, you can pick out Neuer. You can pick out uh, um, you know not not so much Goethe, so maybe Schurl on off the bench yeah, or, uh, or, or Schweinsteiger, Muller. Um, you basically couldn't pick a top player, which is, I think it actually, it, it, it sort of poses a really interesting question as to, mm. you know, uh, as to why Germany did so well in this. It's because their whole team played really well. And I think the FIFA committee was like, who do we actually pick as the best player? I think they just wanted to give best team. But that's already the World Cup. So. <laughs> well, that's right. I think you're 100% right. I think it was a massive team effort. Mm. Um, you know, even... Like Moy was saying, you know, about the, the narrative of the individual player, a lot of previous World Cups have been about that, you know, like, um, you know, maybe not 2006 when Italy won, that was sort of another maybe team performance, but you had like, you know, Zidane winning the World Cup for France and, you know, you had um, Ronaldo winning it for Brazil, things like that. Um, whereas this, you're right, it's very hard to pick an individual player, but it was a massive, cohesive team performance. And I've said the German team plays like a club side. It's crazy. 
you know. And in many respects, like they didn't, they they didn't do it comfortably in the World Cup final, but um, they did it efficiently. They did it efficiently, and I think they. Um, it was the culmination of a World Cup where they really impressed in a lot of games. So they were probably the most convincing side out of the tournament. So I think the best team of the tournament won. Um, although the final could easily have gone the other way. It could have. Very easily, in my opinion. Hmm. So. We've just... Maybe why don't we re- revisit this thing, uh, this this question, this whole thing about a team, you know, the team performance, a team doing well as opposed to focusing on one individual. Why don't we come back to that when we... Uh, when we talk more about the World Cup in segment two. Yeah. What do we exactly. think? Okay, this has been 90 plus four. Okay, welcome back. This is 90 plus four. We're in uh, the second segment of our World Cup review. It's been... Just under a week, we already came to that conclusion in the break. Yes. Um, and we were just talking about this whole thing about it's the team performing and not so much the individual. Moro, stop laughing. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris had a little bit of a, a comment about how you know the German team performed not so much any one individual. How would you have seen it? Yeah, well, they won it. That's the thing, though. If Argentina had won it, is the narrative individual again? It's a bit cyclical. That's a good question. So say... The last two World Cups were mostly about teams. Uh, Spain winning in 2010, Italy winning in 2006. More about team efforts. More about, I think, narratives of the countries themselves. 2002 and 98, more individual. So you had Brazil, Ronaldo. You had Zidane, France. And then, what, 94? Again, nothing particularly. It was Brazil again, but mm. went to a penalty shootout. Romario, but nothing Oldest really that Mario. huge. Yeah, but I don't think it was really about him then. Mm. And then even 1990 was West Germany, which again, mostly about the before, team. Before the war. Well, you know, it was before the war for a little bit of history. But yeah, like it's cyclical. It seems to be going by every two World Cups. So definitely Messi, next one. That's it. He's, <laughs> he's going to score 15 goals in one World Cup. Or Lecky. Oh, yeah, or Lecky. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if, even when Australia coming into his prime. Okay, he'll. Okay. <laughs> 38. Um, he'll still be playing. <laughs> we need you, Timmy. <laughs> Craig Foster will lose it again. <laughs> I can't believe Oh, that. there we go. There we go. Oh. Les no. doesn't even talk. Les Murray was silent. <laughs> it's, it's just because they didn't listen. <laughs> so now we're just like... <laughs> it's unbelievable. What a girl. I can't believe who was were we talking about this? Robbie Slater like axed him on Twitter or oh on, yeah, they were just, having a go. Yeah. <laughs> the poor guy was just psyched. But what what, what happened? You, no, I, think, I, I yeah. can't remember what what was raised, but um, the gist of it was he was just saying like it's unprofessional or whatever. He had a crack at Robbie uh, at, at, um, Craig Foster for something he wrote um, on the World Game website, and then you know it was just became a bigger fest. So. Yeah. Between two ex soccer, but you know what? Like a lot of countries, their commentators sound awesome when they get excited. English commentators just sound like they're reciting a novel, you know, at all times. Spanish, uh, Portuguese commentators just lose their shit, <laughs> and they just go, they just go insane. But Australians just sound really stupid when they go off their nut. It's it's yeah. funny though. It's good excitement, <laughs> unless it's like bloody was Ray Warren. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I think you cross any code. When any Australian commentator gets really psyched, I just think it sounds ridiculous. I can't. I cannot join in the excitement at all. Although I, I, I do, I do feel like Ray Warren does get more excited. But that's going beside. That's going off the point. Um, Adam, did you have anything to say about this whole this whole um, team thing? Yeah, I think it. For me, it, it comes down to the coaching. I think. Um, this is Yakim Lo. Jojo. Yogi what do they call him? Yogi. Yogi. Yogi Lo. Um, oh, what a, what a burn! That was a sweet burn! <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know, like it seems he's got that down to a, a T. Um, just, you know, that unity in the team. They're, they've always played well as a team. Like, I mean, I, the last three World Cups, they've 
made the top four, right? Yeah, they made semi-final yeah. like four times in a row. Which is Deep. solid. That's very that's solid. a lot of consistency. When did he come into the... Yeah, I was going to say, he came in, because 2006, was that still Klinsman? He was the assistant in 06 to Klinsman, so yeah, the okay. last World Cup. Yeah. I think the Euro 08, he might have started as the coach. Yeah, with his... And it was Voller in 2002, Rudy Voller. Oh, yeah, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. It was a collection of turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his sweat underarms. Yeah. No, but th- I think that's that's my pick is the coaching is the key factor mm-hmm. here. And maybe the there are quite a few Germans um sorry, there are quite are quite a few players that play in Germany in that team as well. So I think yeah. there's a bit of familiar familiarity with one another. Familiarity. <laughs> well that's that's actually it's an interesting point. The this was a common question raised, and this might actually move us into our our second and third sort of segments about club football. Mm. But the last team to win the World Cup was Spain, and their leagues were dominating. Now we're seeing Bayern Munich won the Champions League just recently. Germany's winning the World Cup. The Bundesliga is with, with Borussia Dortmund. Um, you know, th- th- there's suddenly competition. Um, also Schalke have come out of nowhere as well. So mm-hmm. there's a few teams in Germany doing well now. Is there a change in the tide? Well, I actually I actually know what the correlation is now. I thought about it. I was wondering that, about World Cup winners and all that kind of thing. Because CDR was pretty good in 06 <clears> as well. <throat> yeah, and I think, well, that's not really the big... No, CDR was the year of Calcio probably, like... 2006. Oh, yeah. That was um, when uh, AC, got dropped. And AC Milan won the Champions League because they won it after Liverpool won it two years after, or the year after. No, two years after two years Liverpool after. won it. So 2006 ish. No, 05, 06. That was the year Barcelona won it. But 06, 07 was, AC, was Milan. AC Milan. Yeah, but that's after the World Cup. Yeah, I'm just saying, but it's, it's not a bad. It's not bad. Oh, right? yeah, they, yeah. They were a little bit late, but <laughs> still, it was around that. <clears throat> yeah, but it was the year of that. But I mean, the main correlation being here. That pretty much for the last, how long was that now? Eight years? Yeah. So the last uh, three World Cups, uh, whatever country Guardiola lives in wins the World Cup. <laughs> Don't figure it out. Because you have Brescia in 06. Yeah, he, he was we, back uh, in Spain in 2010. Now he's in Germany. Do we put him up in a nice mansion in Sydney? Uh, in Sydney. <laughs> Sydney FC wins the Champions League. <laughs> Where would Guardiola live in Sydney, you reckon? When? Where? Where? Oh, where? Ooh, uh, Elwood. Oh, nah. come on. <laughs> nah, uh, you've got a you've got a lake view, <laughs> swamp view, banks down, Rudy Hill. <laughs> Let's stop talking shit. It's like more clues, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, point by point. <laughs> Where does he live in places in Italy and Germany and Spain? Has it been like sort of places, or has it been like, or has it been like, here's a go? <laughs> actually so, wouldn't know yeah I'm how do you not know these things you knew <laughs> well I know it. I know that like I found that correlation funny are but... you tracking Guardiola like the CIA like, come on <laughs> dude I'm just hoping he makes a loop back to Barcelona was he, was he, was he, a, he was a player in 06 wasn't he nah wasn't he retired. Uh, in Brescia he was in FIFA <laughs> he was not in FIFA he was in FIFA he was not in FIFA I'm pr- was FIFA he can we get when he retired how retire? could you even prove that could you prove that no, because he, he was a you, he was a player in FIFA. I remember him in no, FIFA. He wasn't. He I don't know about 06, though. He wasn't even in Brescia then. Because remember, he left Barcelona and he went to the Italy to play. Yeah, who and did then he, he was for? there for two teams. Played and, in Brescia. No, but then he went to I think uh, Qatar or Abu Dhabi or something. Oh, did he? Is he Abu Dhabi? He, he, um, he retired in 06. Went from we're talking about Guardiola, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Robbie Slater. <laughs> Brescia, Roma, Brescia, Al Ahili. And Dorados. Yeah, so he was in FIFA 05? FIFA, he was in FIFA 03 with Brescia. Fair enough. When they were still in the sea. In Mexico. Yeah. So you thoroughly believe that um, Guardiola's habitat, his habitat, influences the World Cup winner. So what, what is, where does he have to go next? He'll probably go to England. And that will just completely ruin my theory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, what what team would he coach in England? Hey, you think he'll go to England? You see him in England? I think he'd like to. I think he'd like to go. It's England or Italy, which I guess is probably obvious. Will be but England eventually, probably England eventually. It has to be Manchester City or Man United. It's one of those two teams. It's not Chelsea. It's not, not Liverpool. It's not, not Tottenham. Not, not Arsenal. I think he takes Arsenal. Not Arsenal. Why not Arsenal? 
Arsene Wenger's just, he's just a crypt keeper there. <laughs> 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 <It's just laughs> My favourite image of him is when he's at Manchester United. What possessed him to get up on the top of the, of the, where the supporters were and just like this, with his arms outstretched? He'd been sent to the stands. The ref's just like, get out, I don't want to see you. He yeah. went to the stands. He's the funniest like, guy. I love that gif of him trying to put his hand in his jacket and he just misses eight times. He's just doing this. <laughs> or the one with the Zoolander with him and Fabregas in the getting orange mocha frappuccino. <laughs> He's got the Venga boys. Yeah, the Venga boys. <laughs> if only we had licensed that music. I know, we should. But um, back to the fourth was a question. No, no uh, yeah, that's right. Um, the, the shift in power in um, in football. Because mm. I, I don't actually believe it's gone from Spain to Germany because Germany, like, you just got Munich and Dortmund and then I think Schalke is sort of... Mm. Yeah, and but, then that's it. There's not really many people. The actual correlation is probably between how many players playing in these national teams are also playing together in yeah. their own leagues. Mm. So you look, the majority of the German team plays in Germany. When Spain won the World Cup, I mean, the core of that team was Barcelona who all played together. So that's probably the greatest indicator that they all play against each other and it's not a big stretch for them to come together and train and for the teams to get acclimatized to each other or you know the actual squad to get used mm. to each other whereas a team like say England for example I mean that theory doesn't hold as much water but a much of the Italian team in 06 yeah, yeah I was about to say Italian also team. all played in Italy they all, they, every single player did yeah and that's where you get these club sides I think though because if you look at like you know, Brazil before then, and even France before that, they played everywhere. Much of them, like many of them, didn't play in their own, you know, league or all together or, you know, they're all scattered. And then you had more individual triumphs. Mm. So, I mean, there's probably a, a pretty heavy correlation to make there. Mm. Chris? I think, it's a, look, I think it's a good thing. I mean, football's a team sport at the, at the end of the day, you know, and... You know, eleven v eleven players that play together are always going to be a team that rely on an individual. Now, I'm not saying Argentina did that. I actually, Argentina did play as a team. They played. They had their own style. Um, you know, it's for the you know for the same. You can argue that Messi didn't have the best tournament, yet they still made the final. You know, so it clearly it was a team effort from Argentina as well. So I think it's a good thing. Um, clearly, you know, at club level, the where the playing field is probably a bit more level where players know each other more and have had more time to gel and, think, you know, stuff like that, you then see the individuals rise up because everything else is level, but the individual's operating in a system. So you do see it a little bit more. Um, but I have noticed the trend too. You know, Spain did play like a club side in 2010. Um, it wasn't, you know, a huge amount of goals. I mean, they won a lot of games 1-0, but they, they kept the ball. You know, they were ruthless in defence. And they just... They outplayed teams for large portions of most games. So I think it's a good thing. But I think it's just a trend in football that's happening at the moment. Yeah, it's effective. I was going to quickly ask as well, if if the trend in um, in 2010 was this possession sort of style, very slow build-up, what, what has Germany brought to the table that's won them this World Cup? Anonymity. That's why Spain was slower. They parked against them. Teams don't really park against Germany in the same way. Do you know what I mean? Because probably because of the lack of an like an individually standout player, that creates fear and that makes you restructure your team. Because Germany's just a good solid outfit, there's not a lot you can do. Mm. You know, they're just good. They play well collectively. What structure do you make? What what do you do? You know, they have a lot of different outlets and they can come at you fairly furiously. And when they're slowed down, they're probably not as good, but I mean, I'd be really interested to see what happens at the Euro. Because I think then we're going to see a suddenly much slower Germany. Teams would have figured them out or will start to park against them. That's why Spain was slow. They were quite good at Euro 2008, you know. Um, The World Cup, they weren't bad or anything. It's just knockout stages, they were efficient. But, um, yeah, when it comes to that kind of thing, then it's generally a reaction to how other teams play. I don't know if Germany have probably brought a bit more physicality to that same kind of style. Mm. Maybe a variety, like they like to switch it up a bit more. 
But I don't see any huge differences, really. I think they, they actually employ fairly similar brands of football. Right. Well, there was... I think there was there was a lot of... um, There was events. There was players. Um, do we... Did anyone have any favourite moments of the World Cup? Just before we... We're going to leave the World Cup. I think we might, we sure. might put it away because it's been... Yeah, it's about right. seven days old. It's a bit old. It's a bit expired, isn't it? It's like milk. It's a bit like the milk in my fridge. <laughs> um, like any standout player, goal, moment, team. Anything? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I loved Suarez's double against uh, against England. I thought it was I thought it was great. That was my favourite moment. I just that was just just like he's at eighty percent fitness. Yeah, people are wondering what's he going to do, and he just comes. Out. It's a pity he just bit someone and ruled himself out of the World Cup. <laughs> it's an absolute pity. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that was my favourite moment. Fair enough. Mine probably it's more of a funny moment was um, was that free kick that Muller pretended to love <laughs> <laughs> stack it. Yeah, man, that was just an absolute fail. That was a fail of the highest level. Like, like not not any aspect of that even looked close to being pulled off. <laughs> like it, it hit it hit the the defender in the wall like at chest height and just We've got to have that gif with like a like a like a message saying World Cup winners two thousand and fourteen and like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um Chris? Um Probably two. I think um, Cahill's goal was, was pretty special. Jimmy Cahill! That was just awesome to see. Um, unbelievable! It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> 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 did you see what he did with his foot? <laughs> Kicked it. <laughs> and it went in. <laughs> I mean, that's why he was speechless. Maybe he was in the bathroom at the time. I don't know where he was. <laughs> Lit up a cigarette. Fuzzy, <laughs> would you prefer to just not speak as loud next time? <laughs> <laughs> so I think... Look, that was the stand-up moment. I know a lot of Brazilian supporters will hate me for saying this, but I honestly think that 7-1 win, that was a highlight for me. Oh, that yeah. was That was... It was really good to wake up to a game and see that happen. You know, it's something you just did not expect. And honestly, it was like... It was like seeing a, a car accident, you know, where someone hasn't died or anything. You don't want to look, but you want to watch. Yeah. It's like when you're driving on the road and you see, like, cops everywhere and, yeah, like, ambulances. As the Germans call Schrodenfrude or whatever. Yeah, that's it's right. The, the pleasure of seeing someone else's pain. Yeah, it was... <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I had a word for that. You know, Schrodenfrude. Yeah, like, fraud. you know, towards... In the second half of that game, you know, you know when you, the team always... Pumps a team in the first half, and the second half is always a fizzer. Yeah, you know, at that point you're like, oh, the second half will be a fizzer, and then the then those two goals came. You're like, yeah. oh my god, this could be ten. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that moment. So yeah, it was pretty cool. That that was pretty exciting stuff. There was, well, the thing is, I you see this in, in 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 any any league you're watching when you see like two or three goals early on, you're like, this could be seven. This could be seven goals. This could be eight. eight. This game it happened. It happened seven like yeah, goals. Yeah. Like when you see a game and you like. It's three nil, and then you get like three one on ones after that, and they miss them all, and it ends three yeah. nil. You're like, but those three one on ones could have been eight, could have been six or seven. This yeah. was the seven. Yeah. It's like was, it was like pure. It, it was five nil after half an hour. Yeah. Like that's it was pure gobsmack material. It was gobsmack. Yeah. Gobsmack material. Like oh my god, this is happening. Kind of stuff. And I, I loved it. It was entertainment. And the Germans put two more after half time. <laughs> seven one. We had to make sure. We had to make sure that they were dead. They were not dead yet. So. So those are, those are my two favourite parts of the book. Right. Moro. There's two very different pronunciations of my name. Moro. Moro and Mauro. Um, Ma- I have a lot of... Mash. 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 There are a lot of funny things, actually. Um, <laughs> I really like some of the more ridiculous stories. Like Cameroon, like, just completely unorganised. We're not coming unless you pay us this much. And then the president personally have to, like, to go Sydney over, money. being like, we'll pay you, I promise, tomorrow. Right now, that's fine. It's uh, bizarre because on the total flip side, Greece refused to take their, their prize money. They gave it all to the... But that dude, that was they the gave it to the, the FA. <laughs> they gave it to, like, a stadium so they could build for, for youth products in Greece. <laughs> that's the other one. The Greece, the player, who was going to leave and just get on a plane. They had oh, to convince yeah. him to come back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, ridiculous. That was um, ugh. I'll, I'll, I'll remember his name. Keep, keep what going. happened there? He had a fight. So it was. Uh, I think it's Manol. <laughs> it's not Manolas, but he had a fight with um a left back. I think the left back's name is Tavella. So a problem at training, and then he was just like, "I'm going." Yeah. <laughs> he was on a morning, He was boarding yeah. a flight to Athens. Yeah, wow. Maniatis. Maniatis. And he came back. back. 
Yeah, and they what can do come back. But it was even, I mean, it's not, it's not as like, oh, it's even funnier, but it was another thing was with that, the Grease team. Was that like a, like a, you know, Bridget Jones diary moment at the airport? <laughs> Don't go! <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Gets there and then he's like confused. Um... I'm, I'm, don't go. Don't, don't, don't go. I'm sorry. I want, I want, to, I want to do my... I want to do <laughs> totally, my sorry. <laughs> totally sorry. Totally <laughs> sorry. Bugger it all. Bugger. Bugger. Bugger that. Bugger this. Sorry. I'm sorry. Terribly, terribly sorry. Um, no, but there's the... Papastathopoulos had booked his wedding yeah. when they were going into the knockout oh, rounds because he didn't think they'd get out of the group or whatever. So he's, he's just like, oh, God. Hey, babe, I'm sorry. Well, you could bro, just wait. Bro, just wait till after the 13th. <laughs> just, I know. <laughs> but I'm at my wedding now. Like, babe, 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 we're killing it, mate. Babe, I'm in the world. I can't help it. Cheaper rates. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can't we just do it after the World Cup, please? <laughs> oh, God. Socrates, I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you. His name was Socrates. Uh, sorry, so that, that, the Cameroon player. Oh, well, that was one of them. The ridiculous things are always really, uh, just, just funny to see. Um, the bite. No, the bite was, <laughs> that, that was pretty ridiculous. So that was good. About? Everyone expected that to happen. So. Well, <laughs> how, much, how perfect, like, what a perfect, like, bite-sized, Summary of Luis Suarez, that is, like his entire World Cup, misses the first game, scores two goals in the second. Against England. Gets suspended after the third. By biting someone. <laughs> by biting someone. For four months. No wonder he's got such a good goals to game ratio. Whenever he does not play any games. Whenever he's about to not score, he bites someone and then it ruins it. <laughs> and he's out. He's just out. <laughs> if I ever was, if you know, in 30 years, someone, I'm not saying that anyone ever asked me about Luis Suarez in 30 years, but... If, hey, Uncle Moro, can you tell us about Luis Suarez? Did he really bite someone? And I just feel like, what kind of player was he? I was like, look, just watch the, the two games he played at the World Cup. It tells you everything you need to know about the guy. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, well, look, we're, we're actually we're at the end of that segment. We, we're probably that's that's interesting that you mentioned um, Luis Suarez because he was one of these players that has transferred. Um, not really as a result of the World Cup, he was always going, but we might talk about transfers, club football, the World Cup's over, it's ended, it's done, Adam's got his notebook, he wants to talk about, what do you want to talk about in this uh, next segment, you've got this, with pages one and two, save your notebook. Uh, just about transfers. Just, um, no. It says bite me in Italian. Just, um, <laughs> bita me. It's a book, right? <laughs> we, might, we might get to that book in uh, the third segment, this has been 90 plus four. I actually want to come back to this thing that we mentioned just before we started the show. This thing about this $3 million bet. Someone mentioned that you could win $3 million if you bet with who? Tabsport? One of the... the, I I can't remember the exact figure, but it was in the millions. Um, If it wasn't $3 million, it was $1 million, $2 million. $100 billion. One of the sporting bet companies um, basically had a, a deal going where if you could guess... In the World Cup. In the World Cup. If you guessed every single score correctly for every game in the World Cup it was you win like a obscene amount of money but I mean when you think about it that money isn't even close to you know the the one to one odds of actually guessing yeah. that amount um, so that's to pick every score line and it was yeah. in the low millions it's like 64 games or whatever right that's like it's unbelievable yeah like I was no saying amount. before there are like way more possibilities you know yeah, that's like one to the power of 166 billion or something in terms of picking that many. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But if you did that, you should you should get like 100 million. Does that mean you could get every person on the earth to stand side by side, get them all to recite what they believe is going to happen in the World Cup and none of them would be right? That's I, basically it. I think you're 100% correct. They could yeah. each get three Every goes. single person in the world did it, no one would get it, I don't think. And they could each have three goes, they still wouldn't get it right. Probably and they're not. only giving when us three goals. you think million. about it, just the 7-1 result was paying 2500 to 1. <laughs> so. What are they thinking? They should have, so $3 million, they're just having yeah. a lot. No, no, you know what it is? It's, it'll never it, happen. If, well, you think if, about it though, yeah, you, you pick up on $3 million and you you know you get you, you know you you become excited about the end money like the thought of the money 
the cash without money. actually without even thinking about the you know percentages of yeah. guessing that many. You probably have better odds winning the lotto. Yeah, honestly. That'd but be, that'd... but the thing is, is there it didn't it didn't cost you anything. Like you, it's not like oh, put fifty dollars in, you win a million. Oh, like was there any price? To I think it was just like just part, I think it was just it part of their ta- like their tipping comp. But if, right. if, basically, you need Marty McFly to come back from the future. If it's for free, uh, then uh, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think you can charge money for that. That's crazy. Yeah. So why you could charge money for that? So you got you got you got to get like an almanac. Yeah. To get that. Yeah. Ooh la la. That's like yeah. Ooh that's la like la. that's like return odds of like eighty cents <laughs> on the dollar. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like you, you know, you lose. You may as well just make a one dollar multi with all of the games, and it'd probably pay sixty billion to one. Yeah, or something. yeah, and you probably hit something. Yeah, <laughs> billion. But um, yeah. Okay. Well, that was that. That was. I've, I've just found that interesting. Do we even get? Did we ever find out? We'll find out how much the the price. What what, what it was paying. It's just like, like it was low millions. millions. It was in the millions. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a huge amount. Are you guys? What do you? This is a strange question because the World Cup's ended, but the club season has started, and a lot of people actually they tend to go down this road of club football. Like people almost getting more invested in club football than they are international football, and it looks like the players are even more psyched to play for their club teams until the World Cup comes along and everyone's psyched about the World Cup, but. Now we've got to wait four years for the World Cup. It's just like, World Cup, I don't care. <laughs> it's club football now. I'm yeah, psyched. That's true. What are we psyched to see? What's going What? What, every, what when, where, how? Every single year, the EPL just gets better. Honestly. <laughs> I, 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 wanna, already, I was talking to Adam the other day about it. I cannot wait. Well, the, it's, it's hard not to talk about the Premier League. Uh, I, I fully support... I, I watched, I've been watching the Premier League since about 98 or so, and since I could watch it on SBS, or since I actually understood what the hell a Premier League was. <laughs> um, so I can't help it. We'll just chat about the Premier League very quickly. For me, the, uh, I don't know about you guys, but one of the really exciting things for me is seeing those newly promoted teams performing in the, world, in the, in the higher levels. In the World Cup, yeah. <laughs> um, the, those, those newly promoted teams... You know, coming up to the the top division mm. and seeing how they go. Um, sometimes there's surprises. More likely than not, they um, well they perform as expected and get relegated. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just like that breath of fresh air. Like seeing the exact same teams year and year is probably a little bit boring. Um, but yeah, for me that's exciting. So who have we got in the Premier League? Who are the, the new boys? I think we've got we've definitely got QPR. They won the playoff. Um, QPR. QPR. Derby didn't make it. Did Derby? Derby came no, first, I think. I don't believe Derby. Derby? I think it was Derby. I think Adam's just checking out. Adam will check. But um, who went down? So went down was Fulham. Fulham went down. We had Sunderland just scraped out, so they didn't go down. It was down. Cardiff. It was Cardiff, Fulham, and dead last would have been... Who's dead last? God. We've forgotten already. It doesn't matter, but I think... I think the interesting thing about this Premier League season is um, that it's because it's post World Cup. Oh, Norwich, 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 Norwich. That's right. Because it's post World Cup, there's a lot of transfer dealings, you know, going on, and and I think the fact that United have taken, at least in my opinion, big steps to try and get back in that top four means that it's going to be crazy competitive again. You have obviously the four that made you know the top four the season that just passed, but that. That number of teams that back themselves being in the top four is, is growing every year. You know, Tottenham now think they should be there. Everton are having a crack. Um, you know, in a way, Liverpool getting in there last year kind of upset the balance a little bit back to what it used to be. Um, so yeah, you got teams on the outskirts, you know, probably vying for that now. And United, you know, United are going to be pushing very hard to get into that top four, so that for me means that it's just going to be a crazy competition. Well, let's let's try and stick to at least just Sky because that's what we get. That's the feeds we get here in Australia. We get Sky feeds and Sky focuses on Premier League and non Liga. Let's just start with the Premier League very quickly. Um, we've got some we've got some transfers that have come out of the Premier League. Mm, some, some big ones, actually. We've got some big very ones. Very big um, ones. Uh, I just if only I had a notebook with all this stuff in it. Adam, do you have a notebook? Oh, with all these I do. <laughs> just hold on, hold on, guys. Just, just, just. Okay, okay. That's the, that's the got... This is only on page one, mate. You know, we've got flip through the pages. <laughs> Number one, it's a brand new notebook. It still has a price on it. <laughs> Fabregas returning to the Premier League. Ooh. 
thoughts? I want to. I want to get Mora's opinion on this from a from a Barcelona fan's perspective. Thank God. Thank God. Jeez. Damn. He's getting really sick of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Sanchez. Yes, both both to the Premier League. Good. I don't really watch the Premier League that both much. To, both to London, so they both <laughs> just had a cry and just wanted to go to a big, colourful city and just earn well, heaps of money. It's pretty interesting what Mourinho said, as always, trying to stoke the fire kind of thing. Always, always. He was like, I took like five minutes to convince Fabregas. He never really wanted to go to Arsenal. Just called him up, had a chat. He definitely wanted to come to Chelsea. <laughs> Shit, come on, dude. <laughs> World Cup just finished. Yeah. Relax. Apparently, when he was at Arsenal, he wanted to go to Chelsea all the time, and yeah. he wore a Chelsea jersey, and he loved Mourinho, and he said he hated <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> Mourinho, you're talking crap. <laughs> it'd be a pretty good. Um, it'd be an interesting signing for. So why didn't you like him at Barcelona? Why? Thank God, because I've I've actually got these. Re- I've I've read reports that he was he he's not the easiest personality to deal with. The reports that. He's a little bit of a prima donna. It seems like a, a negative influence on the squad. I mean, he complained about playing time when statistically I think he was one of the highest starters um, over the last two seasons. He has he had a habit, at least when he was at the club, of starting strongly in the first half of the season, and especially against minnow teams like, you know, weaker ones in La Liga. His goal tally, you know, first half of the season would be 12 goals, 13 goals, you know, 10 assists, whatever. And then when crunch time came around, he be nowhere and the season ends he ends with 16 goals and 11 assists and it's like well what a fantastic season but second half of the season was two goals one assist yeah and it's you know these are when the big games are coming through when Champions League ties are getting tougher when the league is going to get decided he never did anything so at some point you give him the benefit of the doubt you give him the benefit of the doubt and then you sit down and you go look the club made a mistake he, he didn't fit the profile anymore he probably had a negative influence on the squad. And he just it's hard. It's hard to acclimatize back. Did he win a did he win anything with Barcelona? Yeah, he won the league. Won the league. Yeah, twice. Did he was he there when they won the last Champions League? Uh he, he was I think he was. You know he wasn't at the club. I was gonna say it's he gonna play. Suck. It's gonna suck for him leaving and then. And they knocked out Arsenal along the way. Sure. Do you remember I don't remember him in the game. No, but he may not have started. But he didn't come off the bench. He wasn't there. Okay. He came after that, that year. Because remember, they signed Villa. Mm-hmm. Villa came first, and that was for that season. And then after that, they pushed for Fabregas. Right. So he's been, he was there about three seasons, and... It's just been... Yeah. It's been a bit of a... Pretty much. Um, I mean, if he's going to go to Chelsea, he has Costa ahead of him. Yeah. Coming from Atletico. It was pretty, a pretty big move. Well, hold on. You're not announcing the transfers, man. You've got a notebook. We've got page one. <laughs> All right. Can we just go to... Don't mess the, with the notebook. The notebook. I thought it was a pretty good tangent. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he has to announce it, then you can be like, okay. this is the tangent. <laughs> what, sorry, what was that? Is there a, tra- sorry, there's there's a transfer, apparently? What happened? Diego Costa to Chelsea, was it? No, he went to Arsenal. No, hold on. Can, can I see the notebook? Chelsea. 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 Sorry. Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, sorry. What were you saying? So why is that interesting that he can feed Diego Costa? Well, yeah, I mean... You probably get hungry. Should have stayed at Barcelona if you wanted to feed someone. Now that Suarez has come over. <laughs> Where's my drum? Where's my drum? Down, Al. <laughs> I can't do it. It's Mate, that was, that was good. Preemptive strike. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it yeah. should be pretty decent. Chelsea have made some good signs. It's a statement of intent from Chelsea signing those two today. Um, I think it's a bad career move, personally. For whom? No, for um, Fabregas. Okay, so how do you think? What, what do you think Fabregas can bring to Chelsea? Oh, look, will he bring, do any good? In, 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 in they need him. They need you know, they need a good, solid midfielder who's probably going to play most minutes of most games. Who's reliable? Who'll get the assists? Who'll probably contribute some goals? Probably not in the vein that Lampard did when he was at his peak. But um, you know, Fabregas offers something different. Um, Look, I don't. The way Mourinho coaches, the way he's evolved as a coach, I think um, he's destructive for some players. It's hard to say. Um, I am a bit surprised that he that Fabregas has gone to Chelsea because Mourinho won't play, in my opinion, a style that suits his game. But I could be wrong. You know, Fabregas could easily adapt to his style of play and, and play well and be effective. But I, I think Mourinho showed, especially at Real Madrid, that he can be quite destructive uh, in terms of 
the way teams play. Um, and when it really comes down to it, he can't set up a team to cut it with the best of the best that play that purest type of football. So um, that's why I think it's a it's not a good move. But you know, I've been wrong before, so that's that's my opinion. Okay. We did pick Spain to win the World Cup. Yeah, so what do I know? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Thank to, you for reminding me. To be fair, <laughs> billions of people pick Spain as well. <laughs> um, including Fabregas. <laughs> um, so, Adam, you're just going to go on to the next player? Or? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, continue with the... Did you say, would you like to continue? Continue. Whoa, whoa, what? Can you please name our player? Okay. Herrera to United. I don't have any opinion on this transfer. I'm sorry, that doesn't mean that it's not a good one. I agree, I don't have any opinion. How about a question, right? I do. Okay, we'll get... Oh, sorry, question. So this is not related to the United transfer. Why'd you bring it up, mate? Because it's an interesting question. Yeah, shut up. Rather than commenting on transfers, comment on teams after transfers. So with Suarez going to Barcelona, do you think Liverpool will follow in the footsteps of Tottenham as they did when they let go of Vale? Will they bail from the top four? (laughs) That's that's what he's asking. Laura? No, uh... You think they'll make top I think, four? I think, I think they're going to sign someone who will be a great Remy D for them. Oh. <laughs> and that's not impossible. <laughs> uh, they'd, be t- they'd be totally loico to do that. So, do you honestly, Maura, do you think Liverpool will make top four? Okay, we have eight questions. Um, uh, well, let's just let's just start. Okay, let's just start. Well, we might as well go. That's a big the big tra- the transfer there is Luis Suarez leading yeah. Liverpool. What are Liverpool doing with this money? Um, are they going to be worse off with, without Suarez? I don't think Suarez? they're going to go crazy. I mean, if you look at Roger's record, he either signs players you don't really pick to be great, but then are very solid um, or generally contribute a lot, or he picks players that are kind of shocking. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't anticipate them spending a lot, but I think everyone's thinking, well, you're going to have to go and replace Suarez now, so you better find someone good. And I just don't, I can't think of anyone in the market that's really going to fit that mold. You can't. I think, and I was, I was saying this, um, just earlier. If you're going to try and replace Suarez, you're going to go crazy because in, in my opinion, uh, the top three players in the world are, uh, Messi and not necessarily in this order, Ronaldo and Suarez. I think Suarez is probably, I don't know, at this moment in time, I think he's eclipsed Ronaldo just for this moment in time. I don't think, I think he's playing better football, although he's bitten someone and he's on the bench. But, um, how, Okay. What? No, carry on. I just don't want to take this as an argument about the top three. But yeah. Well, those. Well, that's what I, in my opinion. But in mm-hmm. those three players, I don't think there's any players that play like them at the moment. I don't think anyone really plays like Messi. I don't think there's anyone who necessarily plays like Ronaldo just because of his physical presence and his his pace and just his he, the way that he does approach the game. And then Suarez, you cannot say that there's anyone on the on the planet who plays like Suarez the way that he shifts in and out his body weight the way he shifts it the way he nutmegs right at the last second um you know so i think if liverpool are going to try and replace him they're just going to go mad and i don't think you try and replace him you try and figure out a way he scored 31 goals and assisted 10 mm-hmm. how do we recuperate 31 goals do we bet by a defender that that defends 10 more goals so we don't have do we actually concede less do we buy a 14 goal a, a year striker like Lloyd remy i think that's how they're going to replace him they, they can't purchase someone. I think they've got to go somewhere in between what, um, you know, somewhere in between spending huge money on a player and and somewhere, be, you know, between what Tottenham did, spread their resources thin on unproven players. You know, I think there are players that they, if they spent quite a bit of money, would help. Um, and I'd rather get, I'd rather Liverpool get two or three of them. But I wouldn't, and I think because of market availability, it is difficult to sign someone huge. At the moment, it, you know, it, Suarez was probably the big transfer of this summer. I, you know, I, I can't see anything bigger than that, to be honest. Yeah, more. Um, in regards to what, <laughs> like I didn't, know. you were you were gonna you were gonna interject before just about the the Suarez thing and like, how Liverpool should spend. Yeah, but like I said, like I just don't see Rogers doing 
what can they do? They can't get a marquee. They can't. You know, there's yeah, not really know. anyone available. I don't know where they're going to get thirty-one goals. Yeah, maybe sign two fifteen dollar yeah. season. Maybe not even that. Probably bank on storage if anything. Well, yeah. part of part of what you know, yeah, you can get thirty-one goals, but you can also f- shore up some issues at the back. Yeah, you know, I think if if I was Rogers, I'd be spending, I'd be making offers for some defenders. Seriously, like big offers. That was, I think, that was ultimately Liverpool's downfall last Absolutely. season. Yeah, they they scored one hundred and one goals and they conceded. 50 or 60 yeah, or maybe which is know, not, 70 like it's, maybe. it's not even a top four um, no. record for against that's no. right um, that's I mean that's yeah they're the highest runners up goal scorers I mm. think in yeah. the history of the Premier League but yeah goals can see they need to be a lot of I guess a lot of teams these days um, you know breed defenders um, they'll, or they might buy them relatively young and then they become established at a club I don't think they need to spend huge money maybe on one I don't know. But, yeah, I think they need to really think about that problem. It's the centre-backs, in my opinion, that they need to start investing in. Okay. Well, I mean, that sort of... Co- and, and the loss... I mean, we can't really go too much into the loss of Suarez. I think we might even we might cover that next week in terms of maybe Suarez, how he's going to go for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But um, we had a couple of other... There's obviously more teams in the Premier League. There's, there's Manchester United, Chelsea, um, Arsenal... Maybe Arsenal's interesting to bring up because Liverpool pretty much earmarked Sanchez to be their number seven, replace Luis Suarez, be that dynamic, combative centre forward behind the striker, tricky, blah, 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 blah. But he went to Arsenal because of the flashy lights in London. Um, <laughs> and not to mention they're a pretty good club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Consistently make the Champions League. Um, are Arsenal going to be any better this season? Because they, 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 they started strong last year and then they just sort of trailed off. I think they'll be. I think they'll be better. Absolutely. Um, I see them being. I think they'll be in the top three. Um, he's got a really big selection headache. Now he has a lot of good players, and he wants to buy Kadira, and he wants to buy somebody else. They 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 just bought Debushi, um, and they bought Sanchez. They're the two big ones. I think. Yeah, there was talk about Kadira. I think there might have been one more player. There was talk about. Um, they've got massive. It's 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 interesting because Arsene Wenger's this person who initially said, "I don't want to be big spenders in the transfer market." It's almost like they just said to him, "You know, just bite bite your words a little bit. Just mm. you, you know, you can't you can't be like that anymore. You got to start spending money on players." And he's yeah. <laughs> they're really. Or he may it. have come to come to grips with that. I think Arsene Wenger was the best thing that ever happened to Arsenal. Period. People, of course. Arsenal supporters, you know, they can complain about being trophyless for how many years, but. You know, he not only did he, did he give them probably the best season ever when they went undefeated, but he's basically a shareholder's dream or a director's dream. He was getting them to Champions League for, uh, you know, places year after year and spending nothing. What more do you want from a coach? Mm. Especially when they're at a point where they've spent all these hundreds of millions of dollars on a very expensive stadium. I know for a fact that that was probably one of the most expensive stadiums to build in Europe at the time. You know, yeah, they charged the the fans a lot of money to watch the games. And for, in that sense, I think he did need to spend money. They did need to see some sort of progression from the team. But um, I, I think the guy's awesome. So I, I think he probably has come to grips with that, though. He probably has seen, yeah, it's for me to compete right at the top. He's probably seen football evolve that little bit, you know. And fair enough, they are spending the money. So I think they'll go real. I think, they'll go real. I, think I, w- I want to get everyone psyched for this season because it's, be, it's going to be a massive, I think... Mm. We're probably going to concentrate more on Premier League, La Liga, and also go into Bundesliga a little bit because we can we can watch that here in Australia. And obviously, go into A League and, and maybe try and look at some some local football if we can, Chris. We wanted yeah, to do that. Absolutely. But um, for now, with the Premier League, there's a top four. There's top four that need to be filled. What are our predictions for the top four? We might come back to these transfers next week, so Adam, we will get the notebook out. <laughs> but I do want to get your opinion on who you think. The top four in the Premier League will be this season. He's, just, he's writing. The he's actually he's writing them down. He's because... writing down his prediction. Then he's going to open the yeah. book when we he's ask. He's writing him. notes about you in his notebook. Man. Me. Yeah. Jeez. I'm writing them <laughs> down so we can come back to them and refer to them. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. So top um, four. Right. Top, top four. four. Top in four. any order. In in. Who do you think is going to make, oh, make the top? Yeah. Any order. Let's go any order. Any for order. Now. Well, obviously Manchester City. Obviously, um, yeah. I think is a safe bet. Yeah. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Just has to be Arsenal. Arsenal. 
and I'm going to go for a shock United. Manchester board. United. Yeah. The team that came eighth. Yeah. <laughs> George. <laughs> I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> I need to, I need to, while I still can. <laughs> so you've got, you got Manchester City. Uh, who do you think is going to win? And then we can fill the rest out later. Uh, I want United to win, obviously, being a United supporter, but uh, I think Chelsea. You think Chelsea will win? Yeah. Okay, so Chelsea win the Premier League, and um, you've got Arsenal, Man City. Um, you don't have Arsenal in there. No, no I do. You just got, does. Oh, you do. Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal United. United. Okay. Um, Moro. Exact same as this season. You think past. Yeah. Man so City Man will City. win? Uh, we don't know. It's too early to say. But the t- same top four? Yeah. So United will be too, too short. Yeah, probably fifth or something. Okay. But I'd say the same four teams. Okay. I like the way you think. <laughs> I'm not saying a Liverpool will win. No, I don't care. I just want to become top four. <laughs> um, Chris? Um, I think in, in no particular order, the top four will be City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and top, the fourth place is a really tough one. Um, I, I am going to say Liverpool. Um but I think it's going to come down. I think the fourth place is going to come down probably to the last two games. I mean, and just to end it here, I think Chelsea will win this. I don't think there's a question. Wow. Okay. I think they'll. I think they will win this hands down. What's well, interesting because I mean the, the the positions that they do need help in. Yeah. They've they've filled it up. They've recruited well. Creative midfielder, striker, yeah, striker. and they're probably going to employ some cheap d- defensive yeah. midfielder to back up Matic. Yeah. They're probably going to sign some winger as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be... I might go the same as, as you guys. I'll go... I think I think Manchester City will will win it. No, I don't. I think Liverpool's going to win it. <laughs> I think Liverpool will win the Premier League. I think they're coming first. We've got, we've got Manchester City in second. Um, we're going to have Chelsea in third and Arsenal in fourth place. And in 16th position, I think United will be. Um, <laughs> Van Gaal to be sacked and then they're going to bring in Moyes just to, to pick up the pieces <laughs> no 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 um, look we might talk about more of that stuff next week um, we, there's also talk about doing a drunk session Oof, yeah, so we might do that next Saturday we're going to we're going to do a, a drunk session of 90 plus 4 but for now this has been us we will see you next week this has been 90 plus 4